All right. I think we're finding our rhythm again, Kaylee. We got a second review in as many weeks. I know. And we're still experimenting with the best way to capture our audio, being at home and all. Well, I mean, you are cheating today. That's true. I do have studio access today, so I'll sound much clearer than I did in the last interview. Eh, It's all right. We're working on it. Today, we bring you another Netflix release, Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. She's Tuesday. I'm Kaylee. Hold your beer. This is Whiskey and Popcorn. All right, so Eurovision, as we're shortening it for this podcast, officially released about a month ago. The story is simple. There's two aspiring Icelandic musicians, Lars and Sigrid, uh, and they're kind of just messing around in their small fishing village, singing bars, playing original compositions that sound, let's be honest, like a decade old. But the two have been friends since childhood. Lars's dream, since he was a little kid, is to one day represent Iceland on Eurovision. Lars is determined, pure-hearted, and won't let go of his dream. Sigrid, on the other hand, has loved Lars all of her life. She's very free-spirited and a believer in Icelandic elves. Yes, that's what we said. And she is blessed with an absolutely angelic voice which, of course, plays in her favor. Together, they make up Fire Saga, the band. What a name. Right. Uh, Through some plot machinations, Fire Saga gets picked up to represent Iceland at Eurovision, hosted in Edinburgh in present day. And from there, we get to experience all sorts of ridiculous, charming, and really just all the eccentricities that make up Eurovision. Will Ferrell stars as Lars and Rachel McAdams as Secret. Also, Pierce Brosnan appears in this film. He's Lars' father, Eric Erikson. And then there are a ton of cameos by both past Eurovision winners and other musical stars. I think I probably missed at least a third of them because... There's just so many talented people from all over the world who participated in this film. Oh, and and Graham Norton also makes an appearance. Uh, that's for those of you who are fans of British talk shows. But here, let's take a quick listen to the trailer. Ever since we were children, we've had one dream. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. All right, everyone. This is Secret. We are Fire Saga. Who wants to hear Eurovision song? All of Iceland thinks we are a joke. That's not true. And my father is ashamed of me. No, he's not. He looked me into the eyes and said, I am ashamed of you. Maybe he was drunk. He said, and you might think that I'm drunk, but I am dead sober. Idiot. So Tuesday, I know I told you that you just had to watch this movie. In fact, I was actively texting you as I watched it. So I got to know, what did you think? Well, I definitely went in a skeptic. I mean, you guys have to understand, 
you don't go see a Will Ferrell movie to like learn a little bit about astrophysics, right? Like you kind of know what you're getting into. Um, but this this kind of looked even a little extra for Ferrell, um, like really branching out. And I mean, we're talking about the guy that gave us, you know, Blades of Glory. So I mean, for it to be a little out for even him, I was like, oh, like, okay. If Kaylee liked it, I will give it a try. And I was delightfully impressed. Um, is it my favorite film he's ever done? No, but I did read some really interesting snippets about the fact that Netflix was actually going to pick up the Eurovision Song Contest, but because of the pandemic, Netflix actually had to cancel the entire contest. So this movie was actually supposed to be like a sister film to the huge show, which would also be on Netflix. So it was kind of supposed to go hand in hand, but it didn't quite work out like that. And so it was kind of just supposed to be like a fun spinoff of the contest you were actually watching on Netflix. Um, and I think that would have been amazing. But just like you said, the cameos are hilarious. And you have, you know, a little bit of the pitch perfect singing along with everyone. And you've got the quirks and the laughs um, that you expect from Will Ferrell. But then there was also really touching points, which I didn't expect. Like I didn't plan to get like teary eyed at the end, but the song's actually really beautiful and it was done really, really well. I've already seen it on Spotify playlists, like actually <laughs> being used. So like some real legit music comes out of it. Yeah, it's so impressive. And just like you just say, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. When I saw the trailer, I, of course, I went, yes, because it, it was so goofy and outlandish. And it's just what I needed at the time. What I still need, you just want to escape. And that's what Eurovision does provide. Just like this really goofy escape of all these countries putting forth some of the most ridiculous acts. I mean, we get to see in this film, like this death metal band, and they're like all these latex masks and costumes. <laughs> um, the Russian guy with his like Serengeti background and, and like open shirt. It's almost like he's Latin, but he's singing this really dramatic love ballad with all these uh, male dancers behind him. It's just the production values are over the top, which is what Eurovision is all about. And I, I just really liked that. And I think what also really worked well for me is that this film pokes fun at Eurovision, but it also celebrates Eurovision. It, it wasn't in any way mean, like some Will Ferrell movies can be kind of mean, I'm thinking a little bit of Talladega Nights could be a little bit edgier. Uh, definitely uh, Ron Burgundy was also a bit intense as well. Uh, you know, it, you could kind of take your pick. I feel like this was actually, in contrast to what you're saying, edgy for Will Ferrell, I think this is a lot closer to like Elf as far as having some sort of childlike innocence and purity. That's definitely the vibe I was getting out of Lars and Secret too. It wasn't like over the top sex like some of his movies. And part of that made me really enjoy it more because it's like they didn't take the easy way out. They were they're kind of playing on the characters naivete and their sweetness. But you still get this really, you know, 
traditional band story, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, you know, the reviews are kind of out as to there's some Icelandic people who are like, oh, my God, he's just poking fun. But for the vast majority of them, they think it's hilarious and it's just it was a really nice comic relief and something that they could watch because a lot like we don't understand in Europe, there's a lot of people crushed that Eurovision didn't happen this year. And so mm-hmm. they kind of see it as like a second best. Like, hey, if we can't watch it, like at least let's giggle. And but for the most part, it seemed like Icelandic people were just kind of going with the flow and they're like, yeah, no, this is silly. Like we might be silly about this or that. And but for the most part, it, it seemed to have come out in good light. I, of course, know nothing about Eurovision, (laughs) um, except that I know it's pretty over the top and I've seen some bands that have come out of it. So just with that small background, you know, I I feel like it was much more well-received than the critics might say online. So definitely take that with a grain of salt. Well, question for you. Do you think this film would have been as popular and as successful as it is right now had Eurovision gone forward this year? Uh, I think it would have had a longer staying power. And that's just because I think people would watch the movie throughout the contest, where us, when something comes out on a streaming service, all of us kind of binge it and it goes to number one and then it peters out. So Mm -hmm. I actually think it would have done dramatically better as a sister act to Eurovision Um, Because it would have had a lasting power that we don't necessarily see on streaming channels. Sure. Well, I don't know. To counter that, I think it still has quite a bit of life in it. I mean, I'm curious to see how long it rides out. But, you know, there was a story on NPR and PRX specifically about the Volcano Man song (laughs) that they sing (laughs) like at the very beginning. Um, And basically a bunch of past Eurovision performers and winners did spoofs of that song, their own versions of that song. There's like this operatic version. There's uh, this violinist who plays violin over the top of it. It is just so delightful to see this film take a life of its own. And I'm not sure how well Will Ferrell and his humor plays across the Atlantic or the Pacific, for that matter. You know, he's got a very, like, American sense of humor. So to me, it's really interesting to see how much this film is being embraced outside of the U.S., Um, In a way, taking something that is beloved in Europe and introducing it to American audiences like you, Tuesday, I think there's a lot of inside jokes that we may may be missing. But there's one inside joke that pertains to us very closely, since we're from Arizona, that I just died laughing. And that was the uh, appearance of the ASU and U of A (laughs) backpackers in Europe. Yep, we were the we were the dumb travelers of Europe, and I loved it. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. It w- it was so random. I was not expecting that at all. I think the last time like ASU made it to like pop culture fandom was it was it Ted or Ted Two or something yep. like that. Um, it wasn't quite as demeaning this time around. 
they make multiple appearances, which I was shocked. It's like a very short running gag throughout the movie that just had me dying in stitches because I was like, I was not at all expecting to see ASU hoodies <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, it was great. And, and I mean, we related to that, but then I also kind of looked into Eurovision over the years and apparently Farrell and McAdams make some very real kind of throwbacks to a lot of things. For example, the hamster wheel. Uh, oh, no. So Lars comes down in what you would call is like an adult hamster wheel. And this actually played out in Ukraine's 2014 Eurovision entry. And of course, unlike our poor Lars, um, it went off without a stitch or a problem. But in their version, it doesn't. <laughs> and, and, and like you said, we're missing some of that stuff where it plays like huge homage. There's a bunch of cameos of past winners that, like I said, do kind of like a pitch perfect sing-along competition. And so, you know, if anything, I feel like it actually plays so well to its fan base that I oh, don't yeah. think I don't think that they're going to be like, oh, how dare you? If anything, I think it'd be exciting to really introduce Eurovision more into the U.S. culture than it For has sure. been. For sure. Well, I want to touch briefly on just the overall acting. I mean, Will Ferrell, he's pretty predictable uh, as far as how he plays his characters. But really quick, how do you think this performance compares to, say, previous performances in his other movies? I agree with you. He was very on par with being Will Ferrell, but I love all of his movies, despite my parents' almost pure hatred for them. Um, and the one thing that really surprised me was how incredible Rachel McAdams was. Mm, yes, she is. Well, she's just delightful in everything she does. She's got great comedic timing. And I think she, the way she played Secret was a good foil to uh, Will Ferrell's Lars. They complemented each other, just their characters, as well as the, their acting. The, the thing about Secret is that she's just so pure. You'd think something would go off the rails with her, and then she's like, oh, no, that's great. Oh, I like that. You know, she's like not, she's not even have, doesn't even have stranger danger, like when the Russian... Uh, performer is hitting on her she just thinks he's being nice which is you know adorable and and cute and funny in its own way but the way that she was able to sustain that and not make it boring or annoying I thought was just you know a huge you know props to her I I tip my hat to that acting prowess because like there's so much about this film that could have just gone wrong my parents as well are not big Will Ferrell fans (laughs) A lot of people I know are not big Will Ferrell fans, but I would challenge them to watch this film. It it is hokey. It's goofy, but it's so worth the watch. Well, that and let's just talk about the fact that all of us could really use some escapism right now. And this is totally that. Absolutely. Well, on that note, Tuesday, I think it's time to pop some bottles and pour ourselves some drinks. So what you got in your glass there? Okay, so a homage to Lars' first ever Eurovision. I am going with what is called a Waterloo Sunset. So in 1974, ABBA debuted Waterloo. And what is officially in this drink, we have 
gin, an elderflower liqueur, some champagne, about the same amount as the gin that you would use, and a dash of either raspberry liqueur or grenadine. And it just sounds so refreshing for like a weekend drink where since we're in so much heat i thought it'd be perfect ah and i was also sticking with the eurovision theme i wanted to go with something really eccentric and over the top just like eurovision and i think i found it (laughs) it is called the phoenix and it is based off of the song rise like a phoenix which was in the 2014 eurovision contest um, you can look up the song and enjoy that for yourself. But the drink is very intriguing to me. It is okay. 30, 30 dried butterfly pea flowers. <laughs> okay. 70 milliliters of gin. I'm sorry, I did not do the conversions here. <laughs> A pinch of baking soda, which is optional. Okay. Tonic uh, water and also optional, but I'm going to say it's a must edible shimmer. <laughs> <laughs> this is so ridiculous. <laughs> right? And there's more. So, okay. What you need to do is that you take your gin and you add 10 of those butterfly pea flowers into the gin. Um, depending on how much you do, you kind of add them up. So you can add, you know, for 250 milliliters of gin, that's 10 flower petals. And then you put it in a jar, screw on the lid, shake it well, and let it steep overnight like you're making tea. And then the next day, once the, the gin has become like this dark blue color, you strain out the flowers. And then um, then you pour it into your glass. You add the pinch of baking soda, which causes it to like turn into like a brighter blue, um, even up to purple. And then you pour that into your glass with ice, more tonic water, and the edible shimmer. And it gives like all this crazy bubble shimmery. It just it just sounds amazing and really intensive and very Eurovision. <laughs> oh, my. I thought that the Waterloo sunset was going to be lush, but you definitely win this round. Oh, my gosh. Some sort of purple-blue concoction with shimmers? Hell, yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely think it's time to to pull the curtain on this review, okay? Are you giving me the hook? Oh, you know it. <laughs> but before I do, please tell the good people where they can find us. Of course. We are all over the interwebs. Bookmark our website, whiskeyandpopcorn.org. That's where all of our reviews can be found. But we're also on Facebook and Instagram. And we share more than reviews. You can stay up on today's movie news by liking and following us. And let us know what movies or shows you're streaming. What would you recommend that we watch? Just send us a note on any of our social media channels. For Tuesday, I'm Kaylee. This is Whiskey and Popcorn. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, hey, twos, you ready for some Volcano Man? Hell yeah! Woke up at night I heard floating cold